0: You know, I used to work in the medical field, and particularly I worked in the kind of like ambulance area. The emergency area was in the full emergency room. But we took time to really make sure we checked out that equipment because at any moment we needed to be calibrated so that way it would be able to deliver the life-saving services we needed at the time. We didn't want to have to guess in the moment, and we want to be very familiar with each tool. And so how about EFT? we're going to talk to you today about the most important tool that you have in the the clinical room and in the eft process stay tuned to find out what that tool is and how you can use it
1: welcome to the leading edge in emotionally focused therapy with your hosts dr james hawkins and dr ryan reyna eft is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson.
0: So I'm going to have to keep you in suspense for a little while to get to that tool because you've heard me say a name on this podcast several times about uh, the highest percentage chance of learning and use of the self of the therapist. Well, I've gotten the the office with me today, in the studio with me today, Dr. Chad imhoff also known as the EFT guy. Welcome. Good to have you here, Chad.
2: Man, I'm excited to be here. You know, I, I, I love you. I love Ryan. I love the opportunity even just to be here and, and be in the same platform and uh, get to talk about EFT. Man, it's something we talk about all the time uh, w- when we run into each other in the halls or in trainings. And um, so I'm like, man, I, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited mm. to do this. And, uh, you know, Get to share a little bit of this platform with you. So thank
0: you. It's yeah. an honor, Chad. Man, Chad's been he's a EFT supervisor. He's been the president of Arkansas EFT board for a while. Um, really been integral in our community. Um, Chad's a great EFT supervisor if you are looking for supervision from someone or maybe you need someone to come in and do some group supervision for your community. I would say book Chad M. Hoff in a second.
2: Man, I love it. And yeah. that that's something I love to do. I love to work with people and kind of look at the process. So I'd love to do that and uh, help 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 people learn and really help people help um, our communities and our world. Uh, that's that's my heart is mm. that I could give and and meet meet people in the space where they're trying to do their best work to help their communities to help help people thrive. So that's which, why I'm doing EFT. that's, you know, that's right. why I got here. so which I think is yeah. also
0: speaks to the heart of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And so I'll take you off your suspense now. Like what is the tool James is talking about? The tool we're talking about today that is the most important tool in the EFT process is you. That's right, man. You. Yeah. And so really our heart and focus for this uh, podcast today, and we're going to talk about self of the therapist, and not so much just self and the therapist, like going into all of your attachment history and story, that is important, but particularly I think with me and Chad both doing supervision and being a part of different training scenarios, we're both a part of success and vulnerability is um, we really have a heart. We see so many therapists and definitely it's always been this way, but exponentially since COVID um, just so many therapists that are doing hard things and really struggling. And then EFT is a, it it, it is a simple model in the sense of Sue and the trainer team have made it so clear about the map. And then you got the in-session process with the tango. But um, EFT is very experiential. Yeah, It yeah. is not a model that you administer or do from a distance from your clients and from the experiences that they have. It really requires you to fully bring yourself forward into the experience that's happening in the room and reading the signs and the temperature of the room and learning how to facilitate these corrective emotional experiences with the experience being live and felt not only in the client, but guess who else? Yeah. You I mean, as the clinician.
2: For sure, man. And, and James, I remember, you know, first starting out with EFT and then going to a training and, and feeling like, why is there, I mean, I'm in a role play and I, I kept calling them real plays, <laughs> you know, because right. it, it hits and it, and, and I would find myself kind of being moved by this imaginary scenario and, and going, why am I so engaged? Why does this feel so real mm. when I'm just at a training and made That's up right. a scenario? That's and right. and it's because EFT and the process literally activates my body. Mm-hmm. It even in a role play, it made me kind of come forward with this uh, felt sense um, as a participant. And we saw that over and over as we uh, in Arkansas, but in New Orleans and other places we've been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have have trained, like it, it activates people mm. to even sit That's in right. the role play. That's right. and, and so, and then then I know I felt a little bit of like, uh, wait a minute, is there something wrong with me? Like, should I be doing this? Should I feel this way? You know, and and can I keep my balance, so to speak? I remember specifically sitting in
1: mm. uh,
2: New Orleans with Kenny Sandiford and he was like, Hey, try this. How you try that? And I felt myself kind of feeling this shame come over me and I'm like, oh man, I'm getting this wrong and I'm doing it bad. And I'm like, and I, and I didn't know what to do with that. I had to find a way to kind of push through that and regulate on my own mm-hmm. because I felt shame. So I didn't want to show anybody that I felt that way. And I kind of hid parts of myself in the, in the learning process. Um, what I didn't know is that almost everybody does that. That's right. All of us feel some of this kind of mm-hmm. part of ourselves. And so I, I just feel like it's um, one of these topics that doesn't get talked about enough uh, it has been talked about in the past and people train on it. But I just feel like, man, as you start to learn EFT, as you start to develop an EFT, knowing the tool, the primary tool, the self mm-hmm. um, is so important.
0: That's right. And, yeah, go ahead. No, I like that. And when I want to thank you for your heart on that. And that's the, I think that one of the things we want to catch, one of the number one things we hear feedback of EFT trainings, we've definitely heard it here in Arkansas. I was just training with a group in Canada and uh, they said this statement it is i picked this model cuz when i went to the training i felt like i was home yep and it wasn't just home like from a cognitive like clinical theoretical standpoint it felt like home because it resonated with my own humanity and so i love that and and we want to keep that good part and then i loved what you said a moment to tie that on Even what EFT does is sometimes, you know, in traditional kind of counseling training, we've been taught in some ways or maybe modeled some ways like to kind of not allow that sense of counter transference or right into almost we want to keep ourselves distant. And I get some of that. But EFT calls you to come forward. And so some clinicians I was just training in um, in, and at a place in the therapist, I appreciated their hearts like with tears in their eyes. They hurt me, give them permission to bring their body fully into the experience. Yeah. And they have been feeling like this sense of, no, I, like how you said, should I be doing this? Should my body in this work be experiencing this? And let me tell you. Yes, a resounding, yes, yes, you should. And if you're not feeling it and your clients, they're drowning in their distress and the fear and the sadness and all that hits them. And if somehow it's not impacting you, what does that tell them about themselves? Well, how, how
2: can you see somebody drowning and not go get wet? You know what I mean, James? Or not to
0: feel like I like if you're drowning and you're petrified and afraid. Now I'm sitting there like kind of sipping on lemonade by the pool, and I'm not activated. I want to see some panic on your face if I'm drowning. Yeah, that and the panic tells me in your face that maybe you see it and you're going to come towards me and help me. You know what to do with this. Yeah, you know how to
2: handle this. You know how to be in this. You can understand, relate. Which, I mean, that's you know, it's it's the idea that we're not we are not um, distant therapists, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of, um, lots of models talk about this, but this idea of second order cybernetics, we recognize we're in the room. We're part of the interaction between people. Yeah. They have a cycle, but as soon as we start to engage with them as therapists, we're part of whatever dance they're playing out in front of us. And we're allowed to, we should, we should acknowledge and bring ourselves as part of that forward. Mm-hmm. Right. If we ignore the, the self, the humanity of the therapist, then we ignore a big, a third party in the room, mm-hmm. which who, that I think it's really um, detrimental.
0: Yeah. So let me make yeah. sure I capture what you just said. That's what we want to focus for today Yeah. is you've done a great job. You've went to externship. You went to core skills. You are a member of Success and Vulnerability. You listen to this podcast. I'd also tell you to go find Chad. He's the, like I told you, the EFT guy, meaning he does these three to five minute clips on different aspects of EFT that he's learning in-group supervision or things that come up in his cases. So check out the EFT guy on YouTube. But you do all of those things to learn that part. But guess what? We want you to learn how to use yourself in that process. So me and Chad, before the show we were talking, Sue and them have handed us a time. It is a tested and true map to do EFT. No ifs, ands, buts about it. But here's the part. You still have to know, kind of like I've taken trips to like, you know, I go see my family in Indiana, yeah. and I've driven different vehicles to Indiana, and each vehicle does things differently. I used to have a big V8 uh, Dodge Durango. When I hit the gas on that thing, Chad, it went. Yes, it Here we go. <laughs> and I knew because I understood the vehicle and how it worked in certain situations what I could do with that vehicle. Now I drive a minivan. Yes, you are drive a minivan.
2: I love minivans, yes. James. No shame, I yeah. love it.
0: But it doesn't. When you hit the gas on the minivan, it don't move quite the same, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> but because I understand how that vehicle, each vehicle works, I know how to when to about lane changes and speeding yeah. up, and when I go up a hill, what to do down a hill. How much stopping space do I need? It's still the same road, still the same map, still the same direction, but the tool is a little bit different than, and I have to understand that. If you follow my story, each of you are different and how. It's still the same map, but the who the human is that's sitting in the room as a therapist. Do you know how to use you effectively in certain moments and times? Do you know how your body reacts to certain terrains of experience and emotion, or certain aspects of stories in the room? We want you to know that part about it. To learn to listen to your body, to your intuition, to your process, as you do this beautiful model developed by Sue Johnson. You heard me just using Nicola's line from the intro. I know, I heard it. Anyway.
2: Uh, I, I love it. Well, it's just, it's um, to, to try to say we're going to do a humanistic model and not be human with ourselves as therapists is just, uh, it, it's it's crazy to me to think that I would be removed like that. And so, yeah, you have to know what you're driving. What am I working with? If I'm going to tune in to my client's experience and I'm going to try to validate and empathize and and really resonate with them, I have to allow that experience. I like that picture of the drowning I have to allow myself to be soaked in their experience. And when I am impacted by their experience, by that, you know, again, that water splashing over me, I I need to know how to handle it. What do I do with that? What do, How am I going to... Um, stay present and remind myself of the map and, and engage with the process. Mm. Uh, that, it's, it, I, feel, I feel kind of bad for my supervisees sometimes. They'll come in and say, man, I feel like I just got lost. And it, all that happened is they got in resonance with the client, and then they couldn't kind of hold both sides. They, they just kind of let themselves go with the attunement. And they miss something. And I'm like, we have to be able to get into attunement. And then you also have to have, as a professional, a way to pull yourself to like, okay, and what is my next move on the That's
0: map? the part right there, yep. Chad. And that's hard because EFT yep. is a part where you are, you understand that there's a journey you're taking. And particularly depending on what your learning stage is at EFT you know, where there's a part where when you're first learning it, you're having to so much think about. Sometimes you're thinking about the interventions. You're thinking about where you are, maybe in the tango or whatever, while you're also feeling it. But let me give you some encouragement. Just keep doing the reps. Yeah. Keep studying your process. Keep watching your tapes. Keep getting consultation. And trust me, there is this point where it does begin to click, where it's this point where you kind of got it so cognitive, but and you're able to be attuned to the experience. Let me kind of focus this in, too. Um, we Ryan and I, one of our, I think one of our more popular podcasts has been one where we call three way attunement. Mm. And if you don't remember, I'll give a quick summary. It's the part where you have to be able to be attuned to the client and what they're experiencing. You have to be able to be attuned to where you are in the clinical process. And the third one is what me and Chad are focusing on today. Also attuned to what's happening with the therapist. You have to know that to yeah. know what's happening in your body in this moment. Where are you at? Am I with the client? Am I ahead of the client? Is my fear making me back up? Is it am I kind of getting activated and anxious to the point where now I'm almost pursuing the the withdrawal or something of that nature? Um, and also to focus it in too, you you all, if you listen to the podcast where we had Sue Johnson on, we had Leanne Campbell on, and Catherine De we asked them a similar question in different ways, but it was in moments when there's distress or when there's a lot of pain or when a family gets really reactive what's your go to what do you what happens inside of you in this moment and they all gave similar answers and really they gave like it felt like three key points and they, it was all similar Chad it's wild <laughs> i love it i dare you go look go listen to their podcast and um, and you'll hear these three points i'm going to give them to you anyway um the first one they would each kind of give is you have to ground yourself yeah, this is self of the therapist. Yeah. You have to find a way to ground yourself and bring yourself back. I remember when I was a new trainer in training, and before I went into my first live, George Fowler, who was my mentor, and he said, James, at some point in this live, a live consultation, your body's going to freak out. Don't tell yourself it's not a regular session. It's going to happen. All I need you to work with me on right now is what are you going to do to ground yourself to get to orient your mind and body back to the process. He says, are you going to think about your partner? Are you going to say, is there some kind of meditation you're going to say to yourself? Is there a phrase you're going to remind yourself of? What is it that you're going to do to ground yourself, to bring yourself back? It's, it's going to happen, and that's okay. Don't fight against your body. Just what do we need to do? And that's the same thing each with all, Catherine Rehm, like i mean, sorry, Leanne Campbell, Sue, and Catherine DeBrun all said. you got to first be able to ground yourself. Yeah. Two is also remember you have a map, but catch what they said. They didn't put EF- – go back to your EFT map. Sue could have easily said that. She is the developer of EFT. She's the map maker. Exactly. Yeah. But the map maker said that what's more important before you just go to the map is you got to ground yourself. If you don't have access to you, your own bodily experience and you can't kind of tame what's happening in you, as you're not, you're, the map is going to be worthless to you. Right. So ground yourself yeah. first, then pick the map back up. And then they all went to the third component was – And then go back to the last emotional handle, go towards the fear or the pain or what was going on right before your body got distressed as a therapist and grab back hold to that. Because guess what? If it activated your body as a therapist, that you just got limbic resonance with your client because that's probably the exact same thing where the process falls apart for them.
2: 100%. I, hundred, I mean, and you know, those are all, all people I respect and looked up to. So I'm like, I expect myself to say, of course, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, they're right. Uh, and they are because you know, we, it, it and I'm sitting here right now and I'm saying what it would be mind blowing if attachment and, and kind of our body's limbic responses didn't work the same just because I'm a therapist. It works the same. My clients going to this place that's hard or difficult, when it impacts me, when I, when I, when my body freaks out because I'm in resonance, I should, and I might add, I might add a little thing just in front I have to know that that's happening to me.
0: There you go. Right.
2: If I don't know that, that that is happening and will happen. Like I love what George did for you. He's like, Hey, know that that's coming. It's coming for you, James. And so he said, make a plan for it then that's, that's really all that we're saying today is like make a plan for the moments when resonance happens and then your attachment strategies are going to come on. Okay. You're going to either pull back or you're going to move forward with, with energy. And it's like that, if you know it's coming, you'll be able to stay on the map and and, and kind of know, okay, this is how attachment works. And again, thinking about EFT, like Sue Johnson's map, the steps and stages, we can think about that. But then we can also think about like the, the vehicle or the tango, the thing we're using in session to kind of move. So mm-hmm. I can go, okay, okay. I found resonance, which mm-hmm. is the second step in the tango, right? Like it's the thing that says, Hey, can you get into their um, experience? Can you deepen and expand? And if I'm in resonance, mm-hmm. I sh- that should happen. My attachment strategy should show up in the second step of the tango. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's a common place to get lost by the way. And then can I go and say, okay, how do I want to handle that? What am I going to do with it as a therapist? There right, Because that gets me back. If I can do something with it, if I can go, oh, this is painful and I can call it out, share it with the client or share it with myself, even just go, oh, that's what that is. I know what this is and I've been looking for it. Then I can come back to my my EFT map mm-hmm. or I can say, OK, I'm next step of the tango or I can just say I'm going to go back to the last handle and I'm going to organize that through tempo. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots and lots of things we can do with it. But if we don't notice it and then are surprised when it happens, we will be doing something but it'll just be whatever our attachment strategy is. I like that. However, we've learned to show up.
0: Right. I want to grab onto something Chad said, and then we're going to take a break. And after the break, Chad and us are going to give you a gift here. And the gift is, is so we've just talked about and highlighted the value of self of the therapist. What we're going to do is kind of give some affirmations or validations for why this is important to give your, because we care about you all. And today's podcast in a way, it's not as maybe as like uh, practical in some ways of what we do on other ones. But what we hope this podcast can do is give you some like affirmations or validations to help ground you to understand like it's okay for your body to do what it does and to give some orientation and organization for you when these moments hit. So we're trying to help kind of come alongside you. We're not trying to be your therapist on this at all. We're just trying to help organize some of what you're going through to help grab it and be able to help you stay in the process. But back to what Chad just said for a moment, and then we'll go to break. Uh, I was just talking to Catherine Rehm, and we're going to release this podcast after a while. And what you said is, what she said that was so big, I was talking to her about the importance of limbic experience for limbic revision. And she gave a great image of what you just said. She said, James, we have to allow the limbic experience of our clients to pull on our own limbic experience so it pulls us into resonance with them. So we begin to like, oh, okay, this is a spot. You're feeling it. I'm feeling that. I'm sensing what you're sensing. Whew." Because then in that place when we have resonance, we then can help work towards helping them find co regulation. Whether if it's in couples therapy with their partner, if it's in eFit, maybe do parts of self, different attachment figures, or even working with us as a therapist. And then she says, because in that place of regulation, then we can work towards helping them find revision. Let me make sure I say that back. I love that. We need to allow the limbic experience of our client to pull on our own limbic experience. Because that will pull us into resonance. If I don't let their experience touch me and pull me, I can never get into resonance to find out where's the spot where we get stuck. Oh my gosh, what's the energy that that they or the thing that they can't communicate or the fear or the vulnerability or the hope pulls us into resonance. And then in resonance, we can help them find co-regulation. And then finding co-regulation in the midst of their experience is what gives them a new sense of revision of what we say in EFT, the corrective emotional experience. In your time of distress and fear, this is attachment, can you reach for comfort? And when you get the comfort, can you take it in that shifts your bodily experience of that moment? And then that's the revision. But real quick, we're going to take a commercial then. And when we come back from that commercial, Chad and I are going to give you some of our like kind of top five things of why this matters So that way you can kind of hold those things inside of you to help you in those moments when your your client's limbic experience pulls on your own limbic experience. And we want you to be able to use those in very intentional ways. If you like the content of this podcast and you want more specificity and ability to see it, a team of EFT trainers, supervisors, and therapists work together at successandvulnerability.com to create a focused online training program to help you learn how to work in some of the hardest places in emotional and relational distress check us out at successandvulnerability.com all right so are y'all ready for this this is the gift and you say where, where does this podcast fit into the lexicon of the leading edge uh you know chad and i just took some time to organize the importance of why the self of the therapist matters in the eft process it's not uh, many eft what i find is they do a good job me and chad are advocates for this Go ahead and memorize the map, the EFT map. And I'll tell you, even go ahead and memorize the tango. Because for me, once I have it memorized, I don't need to think about it as much.
2: 100%. Man, George uh, and Ryan, I remember in like 2014, I had the the map or the um, steps and stages on my phone as a screensaver. And they're like, he's got it bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm going to know this. I'm not going to not know this. It's not going to be for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. But knowledge wasn't going to take me where I needed to go. I needed to know it first. So mm-hmm. I, 100% memorize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do do that. And here's the part, though, that I think is a game changer for many EFT therapists. And now fully give yourself over to the experience and learn how to use who you are in the room. Here's a, a good example, so i make it more clear. I remember one time I was doing a live again, and it was in front of George and Ryan. They were there. But Ryan was able to give me some good feedback on using myself. He said, James, I noticed that the moment shifts in the room, not just because of the client, But I notice when it shifts, like there's this place where you slow down and you take this deep breath and pause. He's like, every time you do that, that almost is like a cue that something, the vulnerability just dropped in the room and we need to camp out. So now when I'm in session and I, and without me even thinking, I'm not doing it on purpose. If it just happens, I'm like, uh oh, I just took that deep breath. And I'll just say now, hey, my body's picking up on something you all hear. Can we slow down? I feel like something just hit the room. And that's a way of me using me to kind of capture the process. Or when I feel that something hit me in my gut and it's like, ooh, that hurt. I've learned, like, to trust that and use that. And it's unlocked so many doors. And so many EFT therapists I'm seeing, they know the stuff. But now what I want and what we're I'm hoping what we're thinking about is how do you use you effectively in the process?
2: Yeah, man, that's... uh exactly right James i mean if 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 i'm impacted by something this is so empowering to be told that you can you can tell the client something just hit me i didn't think i could do that before eft i didn't think i was allowed to talk about it and so what you just said is i mean that's a huge thing mm-hmm. that not only am i supposed to use myself to kind of gauge where they're at but i need to trust my own body to tell me that something happened that's i mean right. that, that's where experience lives i mean it's it, it's felt Mm -hmm. And so, man, I need to trust my body to move me to the right places and to engage with the client. So I love what you just said.
0: Let me catch, go work off that one. That's going to get right into my first point. If you don't trust your own body and you go away from it, guess what you've lost there? You've lost a great signal or something that your body's trying to be very intelligent and tell you, hey, something's going on here. So as a therapist, we don't want you to work even against your own body. If your body's picking up on something, this is, let me take it from Lisa Palmer Olson, be transparent with it more than likely your body's picking up on something that's happening even in the client's world there. And also that's important because me and Chad were talking before the show. If I don't give my body that permission to feel that, just how attachment happens to our clients. When our clients get into a fear response and they can't give words to it, guess what they lose access to? They lose access to the thinking part of their brain and they get stuck in primal fear. We as therapists need to be able to give our body permission and sometimes speak it out in the room. This is when I learned from Chad. He's great at using the self of the therapist. And Chad will say, Do you know you want to give your line, Chad? I want you to see. <laughs> I want to see what I say. <laughs> yeah. Chad will be like, oof. Yeah. Gosh. That kind of hits me in my stomach. And man, that just kinda and if it's hit me in my stomach, it's kind of making me feel scared. I'm wondering, what's happening for you? Yeah, yeah. But that does two things. When I I use that move from Chad, and but it hit and it's true. What it did for my body when I did it, one, I am trying to provoke and evoke emotion in them. But guess what it did to my body? It calms me, because if I really feel that fear in my gut and I name the fear, it calms down inside my own ther thera- the body of the therapist. Yep. Yep. So part of this, you being able to do that, is to help you have access not only to the experiential part of you and trust it, but it also allows you to keep access to the cognitive part of you. This is George's favorite word, right? This is cocoa. We need to be able to cocoa with the self of the therapist too as well, right?
2: Yeah, well, and I, I want to say uh, that kind of leads to my my second point. We're going to be humanistic. We're going to be real humans in the room with our clients. Then we're going to be impacted by something. We're going to feel something in our body, and we're going to deny it or not tell them about it. How would they ever? How would they ever trust us with that? If we believe in the speed of emotion and the way that we communicate, and all the research on communication says that they're gonna know that something happened for us, especially if they're engaged with us, then and then not call it out, they're gonna not feel uh, that we're being genuine. So to call it out is actually doing them a favor, right? If we don't call it out, if I feel something and I don't share it, man, the client will know that something happened inside me, and then they're not, it can only breed mistrust in the therapeutic process. So for me to say it, my worst case scenario is they go, no, no, I don't feel anything. And my best case scenario is maybe maybe they do feel something there. And then that's something we can actually use to move therapy forward. And it it kind of cues us into like, oh, this is the spot uh, that we need to lean into. I think that you said Catherine Rehm said that. It's like go right back to the spot where it triggered because that's exactly where we need to work. That's it's exactly. exactly where revision needs to happen.
0: That's exactly right.
2: So being able to use yourself really means we have to listen to ourselves and attune into that.
0: So off of that, here's one of your validations and things that I hope maybe could be a phrase that you say to yourself to help you in the process. And this is an image, you know. Part of how a compass works, it works off the – tell me Chad's a smarter guy than me on some of the – he used to – Chad mm-hmm. almost had a pilot's license too, by the way. But anyway. But I don't, should
2: get it, James. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. Go ahead.
0: But but don't compasses kind of work off the, magic, the magnetic pull? Yep. Okay, so good. Here we go. I'm glad. Whew, I was going to feel real dumb. No, you <laughs> were on it, man. You got but, it. But part of it is when you think about this is think of your body as a compass – And your client's experience is being like that magnetic pull. Mm -hmm. Allow that the limbic experience, even in you as a therapist, to be pulled towards knowing where's the magnet at, where's the force, where's the energy that's kind of pulling this experience right now in session. So just know that there is so much wisdom and direction in your own cognitive and felt sense as a therapist. Give yourself that permission or as uh, one of our EFT supervisors Karen Gunta she said one time in New Orleans I this is like a mantra she would say to herself I am a valuable tool in the therapeutic process and I'm going to use the best parts of me in this therapeutic process today.
2: Yeah. 100%. I love it, you know. That would be my my next point um is when we've kind of we covered it a little bit earlier but I'm like if 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 I know myself, then I can engage with the process. If I don't know myself, I cannot engage with it. Don't like expect that. to be able to function in the map or the, the tango or the use tempo very well. If you don't know yourself, it, it, what what I do is going to be dictated by my experience. And so, it would be crazy for me to have an attachment or a limbic experience sitting across from a client and not. Uh, think that it's going to impact me. Literally, the way that I work is I'm looking for a limbic experience in my client, and then having a revisionistic experience with a partner. And so it would be crazy for me to sit across from and not think that that's going to happen. And and I feel like um, if if you get nothing else out of this podcast, like we're giving you permission to listen to your body, really, uh, because I feel like a lot of my grad school experience was like, oh yeah, don't apply it to yourself, and kind of have this knowledge, and you're going to show up and be the expert and i'm like a big part of me being a, the expert is me knowing me and, and, I I, think, and there's a distance there and yeah. i
0: think here's i don't know i'm, I'm this is where I'm, I'm taking over you know Ryan's not in today but if i'm taking over for Ryan Ryan's good for kind of giving us numbers and stats at yeah. times i think if you work if you don't learn to listen at least be curious about what your body might be telling you about what's happening in the room yeah i think you have probably and i know i'm just making this and somebody's like Show me, I I don't have the research on this, so don't hold it against me. But you have taken away, I think, probably 80% of your therapeutic efficacy. In that moment, if you take your body out of, because I, there's no way I think you can do EFT without it being a part. of your, who you are in the in in and learning to listen at least to it.
2: Yeah, well, and you can uh, we could lean on common factors research to to oh, support that. There we so go. It's not 80, percent but it, it's a large percentage. Only there we 65, go. 65, 70 percent that says close enough. Yeah, well, but it says <laughs> it's all impacted by whether or not they like us. And how could they possibly like us if we're not genuine? Yeah. That's I mean, if, if you're just an expert, now, some of that common factor said, do you know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, but but really, they, you have to have an alliance. You have to have some sense of like, hey, we're together, right? And if, if you're impacted by something or they're impacted by something and you don't let it impact you, how can you possibly have a relationship? We have to let it impact us in order for the common factors research, which yeah. a lot of schools are basing their studies on. Mm-hmm. like. If we're gonna if we're gonna be impactful as therapists, we must be impacted.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or it's, sometimes what happens is this is a vi- when I got Catherine was my mentor during the trainer and training process too, is what she would say is we temporarily lend our limbic system to our clients yeah. to yeah. help them learn how to use their limbic system, and so or also the idea of I think. Uh, uh, Oh, gosh, it's something like, I forgot the book now, Zone or something like that. But he says, healthy brains develop in the presence of other healthy brains. And I would also say, extend that out to healthy nervous systems develop in the presence of other people who know how to use their nervous system. And guess who that is? You, the EFT process facilitator.
2: Well, do we believe in co-regulation? Ooh, I come mean, on now, Chad. if you do, right, Then then me being a co-regulating factor for the couple, but for the individual, for the family— I show up with my limbic system and I am going to help them Mm co-regulate and then co-create meaning. I like that. And if I don't have it, if all I have is meaning or all I have is theory, that's really nice. But if I can't notice and regulate, man, what what are we doing?
0: And even the intervention that's running in my head to like validation, I think hits so much different when you can use you, when you can say, man, that fear hits my body too because I don't know what's going to happen here. That if I share this deep, intimate part of me, my body gets afraid, and of course, like I literally feel that, and like I know as a as a therapist right now, I, I want you to be able to do this different. But it even feels scary inside of me, and it makes me want to back away. But I also know the other side of this is if I sit here and feel this with you, if you don't share this part of you, and you just kind of always hold it in, it also leaves you feeling alone and sad in this kind of dark place where you're never quite sure. So, whew, well, even you- though I feel both of those parts. Mm-hmm. I'm here with you. I get it too. So it makes so much sense why you've not been able to do this and why you typically go away from this place, man. So what you just did, James,
2: is you co-regulated. You showed them, "Hey, I feel the emotion." That's right. And then you made meaning. That's right. Through your validation, if you do both of those things with validation, people accept it, mm-hmm. they, and they, they, their brains will allow them to regulate. Yeah, and like, so that oh, is how you regulate them.
0: Yep. Yep. yep exactly. Yep. And I've been a very evocative because I'm I'm literally being so explicit. There's fear in the room. It's yep. in my body. I am I think I see it in your body. I think I see it on your face. Whew. Well, so, but I hope like that affirmation, there is so much wisdom that we can pull on, not just in the cognitive process of learning this EFT model. Everybody, I've like when I study the work of Sue and get to know Sue, I've talked about Leanne Campbell, George Fowler, Catherine Rehm. Chad, Ryan, what I noticed, the common factor I see with each one of those people is they have an ability and way to befriend their own experience in the moment and and be present with themselves and be present with the experience that's coming up in the client and to allow the experience of the client to wash over them and inform them and the choices they're making with interventions, and where they're going in the EFT process. And so what I want to take is that it's not just those, those people are smarter than all of us. They are smart. No if and buts about it. But they have this radical acceptance of their experience and the experience of their client to give them wisdom and guidance. And guess what? You all, just like this, like, you know, Ryan always says attachment is the cheat. Well, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else probably he would say, <laughs> but like, Attachment is a cheat sheet to give you an experience of the client. But guess who else has the cheat sheet in them? The cheat sheet lives in the bone of the clients, but guess who else? You have attachment in your bones as a therapist. Use it. Yep. Use it. Use the attachment that's in their bones and their body and also yours as well. Now, I know me and Chad couldn't cover everything here today. There's no way we could do that. and you can, This feels like a shameless plug, but I do think it's important. I, I feel like I'm on this mission in 2023 to like, I know the, co- like, so many EFTers are sharp now, Chad. Yep. They're listening to the EFT guide type stuff. They're listening to Successful Vulnerable. They listen to this podcast. They're in the EFT Cafe. They're going to these trainings. They're going to the master classes.
2: Multiple trainings. I know lots of people who do lots of trainings. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep
0: and this i think is so big i want to help therapists learn how to use themselves more in a more in-tuned and intentional and informed way in the therapeutic process is what i'm fighting for some more here
2: man that that's that's awesome james i think i think it is the next level i think it, if you really start to engage with and and know what emotion what experience what what's going on in your bones mm-hmm. with attachment it informs how to how to do so many of the things that that seem like it's just intuitive to the masters mm-hmm. right but but it's not, it's not just intuitive, like they they just grew up this way. It's like it's informed by their experience, by the self.
0: Yep, they know the map yep, really well, yep. but they've also studied their own process yep. and how their process in the, ends up interacting. So, Chad, can you tell them about the training that we'll be doing here in March, in person? Right now, this one's only in person. We'll talk about maybe doing it virtually next time, but... Can you kind of tell them about the the training we got coming up?
2: Yeah, we have a one-day training. It's going to be about six hours, and we're going to put you in scenarios where you get to practice getting activated. Sounds so fun, I'm sure. Uh, but we're going to get you activated, and then we're going to let you kind of practice like, what do I do with this? What, what emotion comes forward inside me, and how do I handle it? How do I make exactly what James just showed you? How do I make meaning of that emotion that I feel and share it with uh, myself first, and then and engage with the process of EFT. So how do I stay present? How do I stay involved in the the therapeutic process when I am in resonance and something shows up when my my limbic system is activated? And and we're really going to get tangible and practical with it, James. I we we were talking about this and we don't intend this to be therapy. We're not going to talk about your, you know, childhood or whatever. Like that's not what we're going to. We're saying, can we practice Allowing ourselves to feel something, know what it is, and then have a plan for what we do with it. Mm -hmm. And and so that we can stay in resonance with our clients and continue to be really, really effective Mm -hmm. um, in our work.
0: I like Chad came up with a great idea. It's like each time we d- we're we going to do these different scenarios, and the goal is to help you study you. Yep. So we're going to do at the end of each exercise, it's going to be a me statement yep. where you learn about like what happens inside of me, what's the meaning I kind of make of it, you know, this meaning, and what's the experience I have. And then how do how does that inform me and how can I use that? How can I grow in it in this particular place? Maybe it's working with anger or ambivalence or hopelessness. Or when clients give me nothing, they just kind of shut down or get stuck or whatever. To really, So what you're walking out with and you're studying now is not just EFT. You're studying your personal experience. Let's see. Let's say personal. Let me be careful. Your limbic and kind of cognitive experience as you're doing EFT so you can sharpen and be intentional how you use that. And it's going to be different for everybody. I know the way I experience things is totally different than how George Fowler experienced it and how he uses him. And 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 that's okay, and but we're yeah. still but we're both on the same map, just learning how to use ourselves in in more uh, informed ways.
2: A hundred percent, man. James, thank you so much for having me on, and let me share a little bit with you and talk about this. It's an incredible honor. Uh, to get to hang out with with you today and and get to talk about this
0: for sure chad thank you so much if you want to learn more once again i can't remember if we told you the website but you can go to arkansaseft.com to register for this self of the therapist class you can go to my social media at doc hawk lpc on facebook um and those are some ways you can find out about it and or, and I'll also put links to it in the show notes of this episode, y'all. Thank you so much for letting us join you to help push your leading edge of your learning of this model so you can help push the leading edge of your clients and their growth and their experience as well.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Raina Professional Training. And on his website, RyanRaynaTraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.